0: now it's time for usc trojan talk with coach harvey high brought to you by terribles listen to the coach each week on kshp am 1400 and follow the coach on twitter at coach harvey high and now here's coach harvey high well, good evening, everyone. Welcome, to Las Vegas, live here. You're listening to USC Trojan Talk brought to you by Terribles and Coors Lake. Happy New Year to everyone as uh, we ride along and welcome all of our friends in the Inland Empire on Saturday morning from AM, on AM 1490 on your dial, from 11 to 12, year round. USC Trojan Talk on the air. Well, I'll tell you what, we've had a great football season, college football. We've still got the NFL going on. What are we going to do without football? Well, there's always football going on sometime. We've got recruiting coming up. We've got spring practice coming up. We've got all these different activities that'll be coming up, and we'll always keep you up to date on all of my broadcasts. And now we have our final poll of the year, where I started way back in July telling you what my preseason college football poll would be for the 2021 season. And now since we had a great national championship game last Monday night, it's time for me to give you my final college football poll of the year. I was right in some cases. I was wrong in some cases. But it was fun to do it all as we try to predict who that national champion might be. This weekly segment has been brought to us all by Meadows Bank. They say, is your business ready to play in the big leagues? Meadows Bank can help you tackle the competition. Make your play and visit them today at com or call 471-BANK. That's 471-BANK, Meadows Bank, consistently exceeding your expectations. And they're my national champion in the banking business. So our 2021 final college football ranking is, well, number one, we all know. You all watch the game if you're a football fan. If you didn't, you missed a great football season. And... A great football game. Georgia University is this year's national champion. They certainly deserved it, and as they always say, you win championships with defense. And uh, Georgia did win championship with defense. Fourteen and one on this season from the Southeastern Conference. What's new? They win it almost every year, anyway. So congratulations to. Kirby Smart and all the Bogdall fans, players, and so on, and people who work so hard to become a national champion. Number two, I've got Nick Saban. Everybody knows that from Alabama. 13-2, another team from the Southeastern Conference. And remember, the way I do this is the team I would least want to play this coming weekend if there was still college football. Number three might be a surprise to everybody, but if they had all their players ready to go and they weren't sitting out or getting ready to go to the NFL, I would have Ohio State, and Ohio State finished 11-2. and They had a big Rose Bowl victory, a close win over Utah, but they ended up uh, the Big Ten as uh, the Big Ten, uh, not champion. Michigan ended up as the Big Ten champion, but I'd rather not play Ohio State before I played Michigan 11-2. and Oklahoma State, a lot of people uh, liked Oklahoma State the whole year. I loved Oklahoma State the entire year. I had them in my top four here at the end of the season from the Big 12. They went on and beat Notre Dame. I've got them uh, at a record of 12-2 and two in the number four spot. The number five spot is maybe surprised a lot of people, but Baylor. Baylor beat Oklahoma State, so I can't have them above Oklahoma State, but Baylor had a, a great year. Another team from the Big 12, 12-2 on the year, so congratulations to David Aranda. And also number six from the Big Ten, Michigan, Jim Harbaugh. Is Harbaugh going to stay at Michigan, go to the NFL or what? But he certainly did a great job. Congratulations to him and uh, the Wolverine fans and everybody that follows the University of Michigan. Another team from the Big Ten. Another team from the Big 12. It looks like so far the Big 12 has got three teams here in my top seven, and that's Oklahoma, the Sooners, 12-2. and two. Oklahoma demolished and blew out Oregon in their bowl game, so congratulations to Oklahoma. And Bob Spoops, he got another bowl victory. Number eight, Notre Dame, 11 and 2 with a ed, new head football coach, an independent school, doesn't play in any conference whatsoever. Last year was a part of the ACC, 11 and 2, and, uh, Uh, Too bad for Marcus Freeman losing his first game as far as with the Notre Dame coach, but he's got a long career ahead of him. Number nine, Clemson. I'll tell you what, uh, Dabo Sweeney. I don't want to play Dabo, but it's why he's got a lot of great players. And if he'd have kept his staff together and the way they played, and they won strong and they won 10 games again. I don't know how many seasons in a row, but uh, 10 and 3, another team, or the first team I have from the ACC. Number ten, Cincinnati, the Bearcats. I know everybody loved the Bearcats. I loved them too, but I never did have them ranked that high. As far as having to play them, they finished thirteen and one, and they had a great season. Uh, the they they're from the Ace AC American Athletic Conference, and they should be very proud of their season. Luke Fick, Fick, uh, Fickle does a great job. Number eleven, I've got the youths from Utah. Yeah, maybe I should have them uh, higher. They finished 10-4 and from the Pac-12. Congratulations to that football team. They did an outstanding job losing a close game to Ohio State in a great Rose Bowl game. Number 12, Wake Forest, a new team that enters my top 12, my 12-pack. 12 and if I had to play any team, this would be the team I'd have to, well, want to play the first over all those teams I mentioned. Wake Forest throws the football well. I would hope they would have an off evening or afternoon, but they won eleven football games from the ACC, eleven and three. Now I had to mention some audible mentions. I normally don't do audible mentions, but Michigan State had a great year. They won eleven and two from the Big Ten. How about Mississippi with Lane Kiffin, ten and three in the Southeastern Conference? And let's don't forget the University of Houston. They won eleven and two, and they are also from the AAC conference. So that's my twelve pack for this year been a great football season. Everybody had to go through a lot. A lot of players possibly didn't play in some games. Injuries players set out for, you know, this new uh, thing about wanting to play in the NFL, and some didn't even play in big games, such as the Rose Bowl. So that's my 12th pack, my final 12 pack of the year. And again, I want to thank Meadows Bank for being a part of my All-American team. Not Meadows Bank says, is your business ready to play in the big leagues? Meadows Bank can help you tackle the competition. Make your play and visit them today at MeadowsBank.com or call 471-BANK. That's 471-BANK, Meadows Bank, consistently exceeding your expectations. Tonight on USC Trojan Talk and in the Inland Empire. On Saturday morning, we have Brandon Hancock on tonight, former Trojan at USC. One of the best they've had, played on, well, I would say, well, I think he has five bowl rings. Can you believe that? Maybe he has six. Maybe you can believe that, too. We'll find out what it is to be a former Trojan. Looking at the Trojan football program today where it's headed, where it's been, and the whole package. So, again, I'm Harvey Hyde. Buckle up and ride along with us on Saturday morning on AM 1490 on your dial. And live in Las Vegas, Nevada, thank you, Terribles and Coors Lights, for your sponsorship of USC Trojan Talk. Buckle up, everyone. Fight on. We'll be right back.
1: Raiders fans, announcing Terrible's game day giveaway. Enter for your chance to shop, scratch, and score a thousand dollar Raider shopping spree during every game day. Here's your play call: Run a slant route to the nearest participating Terrible Chevron location on Raiders game days. Catch a scratch card and enter your unique code in the Terrible Social House app, and you could score that week's thousand dollar Raider shopping spree. Terribles, your only place to shop, scratch, and score.
2: Visit Terribles.com for more details. Hello, I'm Fletcher Jones Jr. and I'm proud to be a Trojan. There's nothing like the winning tradition of the Cardinal and Gold and I believe those same high standards of discipline, hard work, and a winning attitude will make you a champion in anything you do. At Fletcher Jones dealerships, we always try to exceed our clients' expectations with services and amenities you won't find anywhere else. Here in Las Vegas, we have Mercedes-Benz at Fletcher Jones Imports and Toyota and Scion at Fletcher Jones Toyota Scion two excellent facilities with superb products and friendly, knowledgeable people. I hope the next time you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, you'll visit Fletcher Jones Imports or Fletcher Jones Toyota Scion and let us show you how hard we'll work to earn and keep your business. Until then, fight on.
0: Something really special and new. Floyd's 99 haircuts, colors, and straight razor shades. We're at, well, Southwest Las Vegas at the 215 in South Rainbow. Yes, you can have all of it in one show. Each cut comes with a hot lather, neck shave, and shoulder massage. Classic barber-style services in a family-friendly environment perfect for mom or dad and the kids. Full color bar and salon services as well. Floyd 99 Cuts and Colors. Expert service, amplified experience. Go to floyd99.com for location information. That's floyd99.com for location information. I'm Harvey Hyde. Yes, the Klondike Sunset Casino. Where is it located? Located on Sunset Road in Henderson, Nevada, just west of Boulder Highway. 444 West Sunset Road in Henderson. Happy hour. $5.00 pictures of draft beer and chicken wings. 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Buckle up and good luck. Well, welcome back to USC Trojan Talk, live in Las Vegas, Nevada, on this beautiful Thursday evening, brought to us by Terrible Herbs and Coors Light in the Inland Empire on Saturday morning. We welcome you every Saturday morning on AM 1490 on your dial, year-round for USC Trojan Talk. Our next segment is brought to us by Mercedes-Benz of Henderson. If you're looking for a new Mercedes, used Mercedes, or whatever you're looking for, a service, great, a big, Great action there at Mercedes-Benz of Henderson. Call the general manager himself. He's a Trojan. That's Jim Chasen. Give him a call at at 702-485-3000. That's 702-485-3000 for Mercedes-Benz of Henderson. Now joining us, a dear friend of mine, a guy that I've known for a long time, a winner both on and off the field, both athletically and academically, Brandon Hancock. Brandon, good evening to you, and fight on, buddy.
3: Hey, fight on, Coach. You know what? Every time I get the opportunity to come speak with you, I just get so excited, buddy. I just got done doing 50 push-ups. I'm here ready to roll and talk to all my Trojan fans out there, boss. So good to hear from you, and Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year to you, Ryan. I hope your family's doing well and so on. It's always great to have you on. You're one of my favorite Trojans that have played at USC and achieved so well academically and athletically. I don't want to brag too much about you, so I'll let you do it yourself. But, Brandon, we're going to try to cover three phases of Trojan football. We're going to try to cover tonight in the fastest hour in radio, we're going to try to cover when you were a Trojan, why you became a Trojan, uh, the Trojan uh, uh, pride that you went through, the portal systems and things that Trojan uh, athletes are going through now, the current Trojan football program, and the future of Trojan football. First of all, let's start with your era you were one of the first Trojans or first high school midterm graduate that was able to go in and ever did go into USA, weren't you?
3: Yeah, you know, that's correct. It was pretty much uh, unheard of at the time. There was only one or two other athletes that had elected to use that sort of an option back when I was coming through high school. And believe it or not, it was, it came to my attention. There was even an availability through Pete Carroll himself. You know, I, uh, was fortunate enough to do well in the in, in classroom coming through the high school pipeline. And, you know, I only had, I think 10 units left, which would be the equivalent of a typical seven periods a day. And Pete was like, Hey, you know what, man, you know, I was basically an auditorian already at the time. He said, if you really wanted to get down here and compete as a true freshman, he's like, how about you take a zero period class and, you know, going into the fall and do one summer class and then one other elective. And so, you know what I thought about it long and hard. And I said, you know, there's, they was so commonplace at the time, and and I had kind of become a one-sport athlete at that point. You know, I was a wrestler, I played baseball, was in track and field, all that kind of stuff, coming through junior high school and such. But as I started to really develop and become sort of an alpha, and, uh, you know, on the national radar in football, you know, that was my sole focus. So I said, well, you know, what the hell am I going to (laughs) do after football season's over in December? You know, I have another you know, five, six months to just lull around and kind of be a senior. People tend to get a little complacent. There's a lot of partying, stuff that's not really condu- conducive to being your best self. And um, so I said, hey, why not take a stab at this? So, you know, I-, I heeded coach's advice. I wanted to get in and contribute right away. And, you know, I'm not going to lie, it was a very heavy workload that last semester, but it didn't impact my play on the field one lick. And uh, we actually went deep into the CIF playoffs. I think we got knocked off by Bakersfield, which is, Um, You know, it tends to be a school that puts out a lot of D1 talent. And so, hey, right after that, you know, I I, I buckled up my shoelaces and uh, I headed down south. So before, you know, right when we hit Christmas break, I was checking into my dorm room, and boom, away we went. Uh, Winter workouts and then spring ball, and it actually afforded me an opportunity to start several games as a true freshman and be a significant contributor. So looking back in retrospect, it was a a great decision, and – Ironically, you know, like you said, I was one of the first guys to kind of do it. It's become extremely commonplace now for guys that are, you know, focusing on one sport athlete of football to leave and depart and get down and and be on the roster and actively contributing or starting right away.
0: What that allowed you to do, Brandon, is get uh, a lot of rings and win a lot of championships and experience a lot as far as being a USC Trojan athlete. Let's tell everybody, I don't want to go through your introduction, but you're one of the few Trojans or few athletes that have ever won as many bowl games. What was it? Five bowl rings you had? Did you participate in five bowls?
3: Well, considering the fact that I did a redshirt one year in the middle because I blew my ACL out, so that one I was you know, I was on the team, but I didn't really have a, a heavy hand in the victory per se. But yeah, that is correct. Um, you know, first year we came into town, you know, and to kind of lead into your introduction to me. You know, I was one of probably 17 or 18 recruits that can honestly say they played with three Heisman Trophy winners in college, which is you know kind of just crazy to think about, right? You know, my my true freshman year. Uh, we we went 11 and two. Carson Palmer won his Heisman. Following year we went 12 and one. We played in the The first year we won in the Orange Bowl. Flew back to Miami, beat the snot out of Iowa, which was a just a, a, a real like welcome home resurgence of USC back on the national stage. And we took that momentum with recruiting, you know, bringing in Reggie Bush and Lindell White and Dominique Bird and a bunch of Long Beach Poly guys. That next year, you know, we went 12 and one. We we trounced Michigan here at home in the Rose Bowl. Uh, you know, then Leinart wins his Heisman, then Reggie wins his Heisman. So, yeah. Truth be told, I played in five, in three, three Rose Bowls, won two of them, and then won two Orange Bowls. All when it's all set up. Well, done.
0: then you can, then you can say, and I, as I introduced you, you were at the height of the program for USC Trojan football that people can remember now in the most recent history. Now, as a freshman coming in, and today now it's almost something that's automatically done. There's 10, 8, whatever there is transferring in in the midterm. What is it a fresh, freshman faces when he comes in and doesn't know anybody on campus? How big of an adjustment is that from high school to now being as far as part of the varsity program at USC?
3: Well, it's, it's rather overwhelming. There's you no know two ways about it, and you can't really sugarcoat that. Um, I had to added pressure as well of being, you know, kind of in a, a big, a well-known Sports Illustrated spread. So I was not only you know showed up on campus, you know my bags packed. My parents dropped me off. Hey, son, good luck, goodbye. But I had a camera crew following me around the class every day and on the sidelines of practice because they kind of they ghost wrote a piece about me leaving early and they came to my. I went back to my high school prom when I was already in college. So you know, never mind. Just find out where the hell your classes are and how to read your schedule. Meeting your new teachers and figuring out your dorm system, where you eat every day, etc. You know, then having the you know having everybody looking at you the entire time because they're being followed around. It made things a little strenuous for me, to say the least. But uh, you know, it's like anything else. You get thrown into the fire, and you know, one of the best memories I really have of that is you know Ed Ogeron, uh, you know, one of the great Trojan coaches, has gone on for, for success and has been a, a, an incredible motivator for a lot of guys that. I played with it, we're all Americans and went on to become great NFL pros. You know, once you get there, the dust settles pretty quickly. There's not a lot of grandeur and mystique, you know, laid upon you from what you did in the past. Uh, you know, it would basically take your highlight reel and put it in the team and in the VCR in front of the entire team, show your highlights and they would you know pull it out, and take a baseball bat and smash it in front of everybody and say that but that doesn't mean anything anymore, right? So um, you know, it was one of those welcome to the big leagues type of situation. And, you know, physically, I was, you know, one of the bigger guys, even when I got there as a freshman, I was very dedicated to the weight room, eating right, training hard. So it wasn't so much, and at least in my opinion, um, not being able to compete as far as, you know, being able to keep pace running with guys and hitting and blocking and such. But just the mental aspect, I mean, you go from having a pretty rudimentary system. We ran a, a wing T at Clovis West in high school, which was a pretty simplified watered down offense based on misdirection. But. Then you go with, you know, I'm sitting there with Norm Chow and a playbook that's as thick as the Bible and understanding the timing and the motions and the shifts and the sets and all that. And then, you know, not to mention, you know, you you are, you stand out significantly when you're playing in high school. You're always a little bit bigger than everybody, a little bit faster than everybody. So spacing is a lot, comes a lot easier and breaking tackles. You know, when you go from there to, you know, running full speed downhill and hitting a Troy Palomalo in the mouth and having him knock you out while you're standing straight up. Um, that's a that 's a little bit of a shell shock you know and i 'm lucky to say I played with some guys that are pro football hall of famers, but that 's probably what I remember the most just you know the speed of the game, the level of of attention and to detail that is required to to be able to internalize all the information at, at that speed is very difficult and mind you, you know coming in with a you know four or five month head start on everybody else that gave me quite an advantage to absorb that playbook but you in know, factoring with kids come in, you know, like the normal protocols, they get there in the summertime. I mean, they don't have much time. You're talking 12 weeks maybe uh, to get in there and do it. So it's just a very truncated aspect. So guys that don't have the luxury of coming in as early as I did, it's even that much more elevated, especially when you're taking a full load of classwork, um, you know, 16 units plus they can really, if you don't have your organization figured out on a daily schedule and how to maximize your time and efficiency, you can get swallowed up pretty quickly.
0: Again, Brandon Hancock joins us, past great fullback, running back, uh, whatever you want to call it, blocking back. He did it all. Receiver also, I can still see on that circle route he used to run at USC. (laughs) played for Pete Carroll. We have him on USC Trojan Talk today and this evening uh, in Las Vegas. Brandon, uh, now let's go a little bit farther. Now, not only did you uh, have to go onto the field and practice and adjust your classroom, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, the entire four-year career at USC or five-year career at USC with Brandon Hancock, he got only one B plus in all of his classes. And I want to meet the professor that gave him a B plus. I just I feel right now, Brandon, <laughs> I got to brag with you. That was that was my highest grade I ever got, and it was probably in PE in college. Okay, but uh, uh, okay. let's get, <laughs> I want to. I just want to say that because you tend to business at everything, with everything you do. But Brandon, let's let's move on. Now you became a student athlete. You're part of a program that eventually I, that you won a national champion, as you said, a championship. What about the pride of the program as far as the, the pride of a Heisman Trophy? Uh, the people you played with, uh, that was something special to you. Uh, uh, and that's why, why I'm mentioning this is because today it seems a little bit differently on campus of what the past has met, and they're trying to get back to it.
3: Exactly. And just just let it be known that the, the professor that gave me that B+, plus she was a UCLA graduate. And believe it or not, she gave me a B-plus in public speaking after I'd gone on and I had a radio show while I was in my master's <laughs> program. So I think there might've been a little of a vendetta there for some reason. So you, know, you got to take your looks when you get them. But anyway, coach, you know, that's one of the things that I think was lost in translation when Pete Carroll, you know, had to abruptly exit the program and go on to greener pastures in the NFL, you know, our practices were such uh, like a mainstay for guys from the past to come and connect with the, the current players. When we, you know, I wasn't part of the six and seven year prior to that when we were kind of still stinking it up. When I got there, things turned around momentum quickly. And all of a sudden out of the woodwork, you got the guys like Ronnie Lott and, you know, junior say rest in peace, uh, Anthony Munoz guys that you, every day you walk toward the weight room, you walk down that all American walk, Pat Howell, you see them on the side of the wall that had done it before you that had won championships before you coaches like Marv goo legendary for instilling the Trojan battlefield mindset, all these players and you know it's one of those things that you really took to heart and having a chance to sit out there and see guys interact with guys get technique tips from guys that you might have played them on tech mobile back when you were growing up in the mid-80s uh it was almost a surreal experience because these are some of your idols that have walked the same path you've walked they've walked out of the same tunnel of the coliseum that you have and have played at the most elite level all the legendary matchups between Notre Dame UCLA, you know, all the dogfights in the trenches with those guys. And so I always had a really tight knit connection to the nostalgia of the program. And it was so cool for me to see that get reinvigorated and turn back around when here comes Carson Palmer. You know, I looked up to the guy like a hero, you know, he's a towering six foot five stud. I know he'd had like three different coordinators prior to me getting there. So there wasn't really much consistency for him to really flourish. When you talk about a prototypical stallion, you know, rocket arm, the guy ran a 465 at the combine with sweats on and Converse high tops. I mean, when I'm in the huddle with this guy, 88,000 fans at Auburn, I'm 18 years old, you know, first play on, you know, catch, catch a pass from him on his campaign. I mean, it's just, it's life changing stuff. And the level of reverence that goes into that, um, it's just, you, you can't really explain it now. And, you know, that's one of the things that I think was tough during this kind of, you know, Doldrum, if you will, when we had Kiffin and Sark and all that kind of stuff was that kind of got lost in space for, to some extent, I know a lot of guys that I played with and I'll try to give you the short list, but you know, Brian Cushing's of the world, Clay Matthews, Sean Cody, Kenichi Daisy. I mean, so many all Americans, right. And they, they didn't really under, understand why the product on the field was the way it was in, in, in a pedestrian term. Uh, there wasn't the same level of outreach and transparency. And I, I'm sure that obviously the sanctions had something to do with that. There was a lot of red tape that a lot of people got annoyed about. But that whole opportunity for young people to connect with those who have done it before them and, and play inspired football, passionate football, uh, to not only represent themselves on the football field, but every other person that's worn the Cardinal in gold and buckled their chin strap prior to that, that was something that was reminded to us almost every time we, we took the field. You know, you felt like you weren't just out there with your, you know, twenty-two guys that were playing. You know, you were, you were out there with the ghosts of legends past too, and so that's a real thing. It, it, you know, it, it lives inside a lot of the great players I played with. You still see it now. I mean, it, I can't wait till next year when you know a lot of guys start coming back to games and feeling that fire again. But um, when you get get around a huddle of old fellows and they start talking about how great it was to play at USC. It doesn't just stop and start with our team. It starts with the people before that to paved the way.
0: Brandon uh, Hancock joins. Just Brandon, you fired me up, baby. I could listen to you talk all night. And as the professor, I want to find out where he is. I'd like to call him if you have his name, and have it send him a copy of this radio show, okay? Because I'll tell you what—I'll get a PI uh, on you- it
3: right away, Coach. You got it, man. <laughs> get get out had, of my right by if the you're way. you're
0: a crowbar, we'll call it a day. <laughs> yeah, we'll call it a day. Uh, Brandon and I work together, too, uh, on another network uh, uh, every Sunday morning, uh, uh, following Trojan football for years, and I'll tell you uh, – uh, he really did bring it, and I really appreciate the opportunity of him being with us tonight, because he's a busy guy, as you can tell, and a very successful guy. So again, let's take a short time out here on USC Trojan Talk and in the Inland Empire on Saturday morning on AM 1490 on your dial, and in Las Vegas, we welcome all of you again and thank Terrible Herbs and Coors Light for the sponsorship of our weekly USC Trojan Talk show. Again, this segment has been brought to you by Mercedes Benz of Henderson. Give Jim Chasen a Call the general manager and get yourself a new Mercedes. Call 702-485-3000. Bucket up, everyone. Fight on. Brandon and I will be right back. I'm Harvey High.
1: Raiders fans, announcing Terrible's game day giveaway. Enter for your chance to shop, scratch, and score a $1,000 Raiders shopping spree during every game day. Here's your play call. Run a slant route to the nearest participating Terrible Chevron location on Raiders game days. Catch a scratch card and enter your unique code in the Terrible social house app. And you can score that week's $1,000 Raiders shopping spree. Terrible's, your only place to shop, scratch, and score. Visit Terrible's.com for more details.
2: Hello, I'm Fletcher Jones Jr. and I'm proud to be a Trojan. There's nothing like the winning tradition of the Cardinal and gold and I believe those same high standards of discipline, hard work, and a winning attitude will make you a champion in anything you do. At Fletcher Jones dealerships, we always try to exceed our clients' expectations with services and amenities you won't find anywhere else. Here in Las Vegas, we have Mercedes-Benz at Fletcher Jones Imports and Toyota and Scion at Fletcher Jones Toyota Scion. Two excellent facilities with superb products and friendly, knowledgeable people. I hope the next time you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, you'll visit Fletcher Jones Imports or Fletcher Jones Toyota Scion and let us show you how hard we'll work to earn and keep your business. Until then, fight on.
4: Pizza, pizza, pizza. If you're like me, is not just a food, it's a way of life. And the folks at Cedebello Pizza get every detail just right. Homemade dough made daily and hand-tossed extra virgin olive oil freshly chopped tomatoes and basil and generous portions of mozzarella cheese with a dizzying array of toppings join me at one of their two area locations one at green valley parkway another one at fort apache and sahara no time to dine out no problem order today and take it to go at setabello.net that's setabello.net setabello pizza when only the best will do
2: Join us at the all-new P.T.'s Express, now open inside each Arizona Charlie's Casino on either side of town. Conveniently located by the Sportsbook, so you can enjoy watching your favorite sports teams while you dine in or take it to go. There's no wrong way when you pick up one of our game-time specials, including hot dogs, chili dogs, sliders, and a bucket of chicken tenders. Served with fries and four domestic bottled beers. Game-time specials offered Thursday through Sundays, all day at...
4: Arizona Charlie's Casino.
1: Big Dogs Brewing Company is proud to be Las Vegas' original hometown brewery since 1993. Our handcrafted beers are brewed fresh daily at Big Dogs Drafthouse by our team of award-winning brewers. Big Dogs Brews are now available in cans at major retailers like Lee's Discount Liquor, Total Wine & More, Whole Foods Markets, Smith's, Albertsons, Terrible Stations, and more. Big Dogs beers are available on draft at select restaurants and bars around Las Vegas. Ask for Big Dogs Brews by name. Visit us at bigdogsbrews.com to track down our local award-winning handcrafted brews or stop by Big Dogs Draft House to sample a full range of our classic seasonal and specialty ales. Drink fresh, drink local, drink Big Dogs.
0: The Rose Bowl Legacy Foundation preserves, protects, and enhances the future of the Rose Bowl Stadium as a national historic landmark. America Stadium has hosted 2 Olympic Games, with a third one coming in 2028, 2 World Cup finals, 5 Super Bowls, and the granddaddy of them all. The Rose Bowl since 1923. It is the epic center of college football and is the most iconic stadium in the world. To learn more about how you can support the Rose Bowl Stadium as it turns 100 years young, visit wwwinspire which spells inspire, 2022.org. Well, welcome back to USC Tournament to Talk, live in Las Vegas, Nevada, on this Thursday evening, brought to by Terrible Herbs and Coors Light. And in the Inland Empire, we welcome all of you listening on Saturday morning between 11 and 12 on AM 1490 on your dial. Our next segment is brought to us by PT Express's uh, now game time special in Arizona. Charlie's brought by the Racing Sportsbook uh, every Thursday through Sunday all days long. Brandon Hancock joins us. Brandon, uh, former athlete at uh, USC and academic uh, All-American as well as a a great athlete playing in five, has five bowl rings for the Trojans. We're talking about the Trojans of the past, and now currently I'm going to talk to you now about the current part of the Trojan football program over the last several years. When you sit with your friends and some of the athletes you just spoke about that you've played with, and you've observed the Clay Helton era and the athlete of today, not talking about the portal, we'll get to that in a moment. What is your thoughts as far as your feelings as a group when you attended a Trojan football game? Uh, well, you know what,
3: Coach, the consensus has kind of been, you know, I don't know if this has a lot to do with the way that they've kind of legislated so much contact uh, out of, out of, out of tackling per se. But, you know, one of the things that I noticed a lot with other running backs, for example, Wendell White and I caught a practice and, you know, there's just no more rule 11 on 11. And for example, you know, when you would have one-on-one sessions with the linebackers, you know, you do kind of option routes and have them cover you in space, but then you'd also have pass protection drills. For and those were full speed, right? You'd, you'd fit up hat and helmet, you know, you know, face mask into the chest, extend the arms. And, you know, it was a physical all out. Keep, we're keeping score. You're going to get raz in the, in the, you know, video film room afterwards. If you don't step up to the plate type of situation. And we just, you know, we kind of saw, and I'm not trying to be disparaging here, but, Everything was just kind of like half speed and fitting up, and kind of patty cake. And you, I'm just talking about running backs and fullbacks here versus linebackers, but also that would carry over to the O line and D line. And I understand that people don't want to get hurt in the middle of the season, but that's one of the things that I was markedly noticeable about our era versus what I had seen when I've been back to practices, you know, with Quay Helton and even the coaches before that. Um, and that product was manifested on the field to where we had a real hard time making clean tackles in the open field. Our offensive line wasn't—you know—we we could see that we weren't playing on the other side of the line of scrimmage. We we're getting blown back, and there just wasn't that level of violent animosity, of physicality, whatever you want to call it—that made us such a dominant force, you know, even offensively and defensively, you know, back in the day, and. I played with the wild bunch too, you know, a bunch of crazy guys and Mike Patterson, Sean Cody, Kenichi Daisy, uh, Omar Nazel. And, you know, these guys when it came to sacks and turnover margin and all that kind of stuff, I mean, we our whole model was physical mismatch. You know, you could have better exes than our O's but we're gonna beat the hell out of your exes. And it didn't matter what it was, it was about tenacity and the mentality that, you know, it's about the fighting the dog, not the size of the dog. And so that's one of the things that really you know I noticed quite a bit. Um, you know, obviously too the offensive game planning. You know, we ran a lot of two back sets back when I was there. We had double tight end a lot of the times as well. Things have changed immensely. You see the way they spread the ball out. Kind of the you know let's you know it's a, it's a very pass happy you know air raid type of offensive system where you know very rarely do you see people you know you'd running a power or an ISO with a leading blocker running full speed downhill those days have kind of of fallen by the wayside, in my opinion. So, you know, it's it's a different aspect from that. I know that they've also reduced, you know, the amount of time that can be spent, you know, doing strictly football stuff since I was there too. And, you know, the NFL has has done the same as well. So it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be constant across the board. But I think that, you know, being a football player during that era, we just, not to, again, be rude, but it just felt like they they played a little softer than, the type of brand of football that we played. And, you know, we, we weren't afraid to get a bunch of penalties for you know, taking some guys head off over the middle. And again, the you know, part of that is that the, you know, you're not allowed to target anymore that you tried to in the past, but you know, you get thrown out of the game for that kind of stuff now. So there's been a natural evolution of the game of football. And I think it for defenders, especially it makes it a lot harder to play when you're trying to just you know, you have a bang, bang play. And, you know, the next thing you know, you, you, you hit the guy with the crown and you're out of the game. So, it's kind of a tough balance, but um, I guess the other thing would just be sometimes I felt that there was lulls or an uninspired session of football for, from week to week. You know, if we lost a game in the past and we didn't lose many, you know, I think we lost uh, four and four years or something like that. But when we lost a game, you better believe there was piss and vinegar and your blood was boiling to come back after that and redeem yourself. And, you know, sadly, especially this last season, you know, when there was an embarrassing loss, there wasn't that rebound, that, you know, bounce off the trampoline and get back up uh, to a new height type of mentality to where you'd want to avenge that, that humiliation type of situation. So I think that that isn't all, the onus isn't all on the players for that. I think that, you know, there's a level of mentality that needs to be, you know, carried throughout the coaching staff and system. And we always, you know, we always had a hard guy, an axe man, like Ed Ogeron. You didn't do your job. You, <laughs> you better be scared that someone's going to be putting their hands on you, okay? It wasn't, you know, just like you just say, hey, do better next time. There were consequences to be paid if you really blew it. And so there was a level of of accountability, I think, was much more clear cut than maybe it is nowadays because things have changed. Um, And that seemed to kind of be the same sentiment that have echoed through some of my other counterparts that play with me, both offensive and defensive players, was just the level of physicality not being there. And then some of the technique, you know, this the, the, the development of young players. Whereas, you know, you have a guy that comes in and he's a five-star recruit and blue chip, all that good stuff. From year one to year two, then year two to year three, there should be a pronounced noticeable improvement in production and talent, whether, you know, if you're D-lineman, your sacks go up, your catches, if you're a receiver, you name it. And we, I, I think a lot of guys that really break the game down have said, you know, we're not seeing players really develop – like they used to in the past where they and even guys that you know used to come in all as walk-ons like a Clay Matthews for example. You know, guys that were black shirt guys doing scout team, you know, you turn your you blink of an eye a season later he's you know leading the team in fumbles and sacks and all kinds of crazy stuff. So there was a component of that too where we just saw that you know there weren't going to be any players on our roster that didn't maximize their fullest potential. And I think that sometimes you know in the past, you know maybe 10 years or so There have been guys that have just totally slipped through the cracks or have remained kind of a mediocre or or remained in a pedestrian sort of, you know, uh, trajectory, which is a little disheartening to see as a former player.
0: Brandon uh, Hancock joins us here on USC Trojan Talk. Brandon, during this era, past era, with the name of athletes you've talked about and All-Americans and NFL Hall of Famers and so on. Did the athletic department of football program utilize you guys as far as coming in and talking to the athletes or socializing with them or being able to become close where they understood what the past history of USC football was and it was more of a team type of atmosphere than more of a me type of atmosphere?
3: That's something I think that might, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. And, And I can't really point my finger to where exactly that started. Um, I do think that at one point there was a lot of red tape that was thrown up uh, after the stuff that had been handed down for Reggie Bush, which is, you know, I must have a bias on that one. I think it's a crock, but um, let's face it, you know, that happened. And there was such a, a hysteria or nervousness about former guys coming back and somehow getting in these kids' head to have another situation like that, that they really kind of closed things down. I don't know if you recall, Coach, but there was, there was a period of time where practices were not open that's all we ever knew. Um, you know, practices were like a party out there. We want to practice w- w- under Pete to feel like a game simulation so that by the time you got to Saturday, you'd already played against the best component. You're going to play that whole week. And the game would slow down. You'd have the fans out there, you know, the diehard Trojan parents, alumni fans, you know, whatever. Um, it, it was a real live environment. And so I, you know, that was non-existent for quite a period of time. And I know that, um, you know, Even if you were a former player, you had to go through some kind of a protocol and get screened and stuff. It got so so kind of tedious that guys were just like, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to kind of – I'd rather spend my afternoon somewhere else, right? And So that was really kind of a, a punch to the gut for a lot of folks. Um, so, you know, that's one of the main things, too, that I noticed there wasn't that connection to players of the past. Now, it's not to say that that was across the board. Um, sometimes coaches, you know, it loosened up a little bit once things kind of calmed down but they'd have you come up for a day and sit in the team meeting room and hang out. But you never really saw like, there were a lot of concerted efforts in the past, like for the spring game at the Coliseum, they would have, you know, 30, 40 guys come back. They would host a barbecue for all the alumni to hang out afterwards with the players. After they had their final scrimmage or practice, they'd take their pads off or they showered, did anything. You'd go sit down with your position group with some guys that were there before you. They'd all have a great time. You'd spend an hour talking you know, ever, about anything under the sun, about football, about life, about school, um, about how to, you know, social aspects of being a college foot player. And it was a very, you know, kind of a tutorial for these younger guys. And they loved it. We loved it. And that, you know, didn't seem to exist for a good period of time. Now, I think that you know, the way things are heading now, that's all going to change. Uh, I have a really good feeling about where the direction of the program is headed just based on the type of person Lincoln Riley is, the way he speaks. And I know that there's already things in the works to, to have a lot of guys start coming back, being around, interacting, and leaving their mark on these young folks because it does make a huge difference.
0: Well, Brandon, we've got to take a short time out. I hate to interrupt you, but we've got to take a break here on USC Trojan Talk. I'm Harvey I with Brandon Antcock former great uh, Trojan football athlete at USC and academic All-American. Again, in the Inland Empire, we welcome you on Saturday morning on AM 1490 on your dial, uh, 11 to 12. And in Las Vegas Live, we thank, of course, Terrible Herbs and Coors Light for their sponsorship of USC Trojan Talk. And again, remember, this segment is brought to you by PTZ Express Game Time Special. Now at Arizona, Charlie's on both sides of town. Thursday through Sundays, all day long. Park it up, everybody. Fight on. We'll be right back.
1: Raiders fans announcing Terrible's game day giveaway. Enter for your chance to shop, scratch, and score a $1,000 Raiders shopping spree during every game day. Here's your play call. Run a slant route to the nearest participating Terrible Chevron location on Raiders game days. Catch a scratch card and enter your unique code in the Terrible social house app. And you can score that week's $1,000 Raider shopping spree. Terrible's, your only place to shop, scratch, and score. Visit Terrible's.com for more details.
2: Hello, I'm Fletcher Jones Jr. and I'm proud to be a Trojan. There's nothing like the winning tradition of the Cardinal and gold, and I believe those same high standards of discipline, hard work, and a winning attitude will make you a champion in anything you do. At Fletcher Jones dealerships, we always try to exceed our clients' expectations with services and amenities you won't find anywhere else. Here in Las Vegas, we have Mercedes-Benz at Fletcher Jones Imports and Toyota and Scion at Fletcher Jones Toyota Scion two excellent facilities with superb products and friendly, knowledgeable people. I hope the next time you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, you'll visit Fletcher Jones Imports or Fletcher Jones Toyota Scion and let us show you how hard we'll work to earn and keep your business. Until then, fight on.
1: Big Dog's Brewing Company is proud to be Las Vegas' original hometown brewery since 1993. Our handcrafted beers are brewed fresh daily at Big Dog's Draft House by our team of award-winning brewers. Big Dog's Brews are now available in cans at major retailers such as Lee's Discount Liquor, Total Wine & More, Whole Foods Market, Smith's, Albertson, Corey's, Terrible First Stations, and more. Big Dog's beers are available on draft at select restaurants or bars around Las Vegas. Ask for Big Dog's Brews by name. Visit us at bigdogbrews.com to track down our local award-winning handcrafted brews or stop by Big Dog's Graft House to sample the full range of our classic seasonal and specialty ales. Drink fresh, drink local, drink Big Dog's.
0: You work hard for your business. You need a bank that understands your business. Let Metals Bank be your business partner for all your banking needs. We are a full-service community bank with competitive loan and deposit products and services. We're also a preferred lender for SBA, 7A, and 504 loan programs. The experienced team at Meadows Bank will give you the services you need with the reliability you can depend on throughout branches in Las Vegas, Henderson, Reno, Pahrump, and now in Phoenix, Arizona. Call our friendly, knowledgeable staff today at 702 471 bank that is or use our convenient online banking service at meadowsbank.bank. Meadows Bank where your business is our business I'm Harvey Hyde yes the Klondike Sunset Casino where is it located Located on Sunset Road in Henderson, Nevada, just west of Boulder Highway. 444 West Sunset Road in Henderson. Happy hour, $5 pitchers of draft beer and chicken wings. 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Buckle up and good luck.
4: Pizza, pizza, pizza. If you're like me, is not just a food, it's a way of life. And the folks at Cedebello Pizza get every detail just right. Homemade dough made daily and hand-tossed extra virgin olive oil, freshly chopped tomatoes and basil, and generous portions of mozzarella cheese with a dizzying array of toppings. Join me at one of their two area locations, one at Green Valley Parkway, another one at Fort Apache and Sahara. No time to dine out? No problem. Order today and take it to go at setabello.net. That's setabello.net. Setabello Pizza, when only the best will do.
1: Raiders fans announcing Terrible's game day giveaway. Enter for your chance to shop, scratch, and score a $1,000 Raiders shopping spree during every game day. Here's your play call. Run a slant route to the nearest participating Terrible Chevron location on Raiders game days. Catch a scratch card and enter your unique code in the Terrible social house app, and you can score that week's $1,000 Raider shopping spree. Terrible's, your only place to shop, scratch, and score. Visit Terribles.com for more details.
0: Welcome back to USC2 to talk live in Las Vegas, Nevada, this beautiful Thursday evening. Brought to us all by Terrible Herbs and Coors Light. And in the Inland Empire, we welcome you all on Saturday morning between 11 and 12 on AM 1490 on your dial. Our next segment is brought to us again by PT Express. Game time specials, we're at Arizona Charlie's East and West in Las Vegas, Thursdays through Sundays, all day long. Brandon Hancock joins us. Brandon, let's continue with our conversation here, which I really respect because you're being completely honest and giving everybody out there a real feeling of the history of USC Trojan football. And uh, you've been a part of the greatest years that Trojan football ever experienced. Now let's talk about uh, the today college football player the t- the today's college uh, athlete and then today the the portal and and your thoughts uh, what is your thought today on a uh, scholarship not being enough, uh, waiting your turn as far as when your turn is given, you step up and, and you play. Others had to sit, sit there. Carson Palmer had to sit there. Matt Leinart had to sit there. Yeah, others had to sit there. Today it's either I want to play right now or I'm gone. Look at the current situation, not only all over the country, but even at USC, the number of players that are leaving because they're not playing. Yeah,
3: you know, that, that. obviously that was non-existent. That wasn't an option back when I was there. And, I mean, I'll tell you what, you'll never see a quarterback room again where you have a Matt Leiner, a Matt Castle, a John David Booty, and a Mark Sanchez, boom, 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 you know, all back-to-back. Back. And, uh, you know, it's funny, Matt Castle backed up, you know, um, Matt Leiner, and he went on to have probably a far more illustrious NFL career. Um, then, you know, obviously Mark Sanchez back to John David Booty, I think back to back years, they went to the Rose bowl and won and, uh, both went on to play in the, in the NFL and then Matt Barkley and down the line you go, you know, it's just one of those situations that was kind of commonplace and you really didn't speak up and complain about anything. You let your, your, your play on the field, do the talking. If you didn't cut the mustard, then you had to, you know, do it. You had to just grin and bear it and tough it out and be better. Um, you know, in the past, when people did have to leave, I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong, but the whole gray shirt and then you know, year year of eligibility uh, gap, all that kind of stuff was almost like a punishment. I felt like for kind of giving up on yourself in those sort of situations. And you know, I, I am I'm am a big proponent of kids having an opportunity to be the best selves in the best program. And I'm sure that there are certain situations. You know, football doesn't really exist in a vacuum. There can be politics in play when coaches leave. The coaches come back. Um, there, there can be grudges and grievances that can affect, you know, the amount of targets you may get, or if they're going to lean one way versus another. So I, 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 at some part of me wants to say, listen, you know, if you feel like you're being treated unfairly, if, if you seem to be the better prospect or the better player, but you're not getting a fair shake for some other extraneous reason, then I think, you know, you might want to consider going somewhere else, but just because you're fourth or fifth on the depth chart, and let's remember this. You know Reggie Bush, for example, right? We had—he was like the last guy on in the the tailback room that was going to take the field at one point. You know, he got into the program. He was really used to dancing and skating around, trying to, you know, not not hit a hole, go north and south downhill. He danced a lot and would lose a lot of yards a lot of times. So he had Chauncey Washington in front of him and Lyndale White, et cetera, et cetera. And it wasn't until he really got called out by Kennedy Polamalu, our running back coach. To kind of light a fire in him that he really became his true best self. So, you know, he had to, you know, grind through those dog days and toughness, and even some of the mental, you know, uh, doubts that he may have had about being able to compete. And he came out, as you know, much shinier on the other side of that tunnel. And I'm sure it benefited him in the long run down the way. So, I think there's a lot to be said for an athlete having to face adversity, having to really get down and, and grin and bear it. And, you know, get some calluses on your knuckles when you're out there. You know, you've you got to work through stuff. And, I, you know, sometimes it works out great for these kids when they go to another program and they find a better fit, for example. Like if they were promised that they're going to run a 3-4, and you're more of a 4-3 guy and things change. I can understand that. But for the most part, I think that, you know, you've you, you got to earn it. And that doesn't, doesn't just, you know, account for things on the gridiron. It's like, like that every way in life. And I think you're much better for it, more season to take, the beatings that are bound to come your way, no matter what you're involved in, it's just a natural state of how the human experience. But um, yeah, as of, things, as of now, it's it's hard to to really build a legit program when people can just get up and you know cut and run whenever they feel like they're not getting their fair shake. And you've you've seen what that's what that's done to college basketball. I mean, the one and done stuff make it really hard for these perennial programs to maintain a level of consistency when they can't count on having a centerpiece of their team being there year after year.
0: And then having Hancock joins us here on USC Trojan Talk. Uh, Brandon, we're just about out of time, but I've got to ask you this question. You've been a part of the mightiest Trojans of all time, and uh, there's been a lot of great ones, but you went through that era with Pete Carroll. You experienced a lot of wins, and you played sometimes, talking, when you were hurt. What do you think of the philosophy today that players aren't playing in the Rose Bowl game, players aren't playing in the final game of the season? Players aren't playing, but they're trying to save their legs or knees or they don't want to get hurt as far as for the next level. How would that set in with your program at that time if somebody would have said, hey, I'm not playing in the Rose Bowl game?
3: Well, I'm not sure much time we have, but I'll try to get right to it. That wouldn't sit well at all. That would be unnerving, and that would be interpreted as you're quitting on us, you're quitting on your teammates. You know, when you're in the course of war and someone, you know, you know, gets a leg shot off, you don't just leave him there to die. You pick him up over your shoulder, you carry him with him, no matter what the, the risks are going back in and helping somebody. And that's the way that we approach the, or the way that we play football, especially in those bowl games. And, I mean, that's, that's supposed, to be, supposed to be the celebration and the pinnacle of all your hard work and success. So the fact that you are scared about getting injured one last time, especially now when there are insurance policies out there that you can take on to protect yourself in case you do get hurt, I just don't really think that's very cool as a teammate and as a comrade on your squad.
0: Well, buddy, I really appreciate that. I could talk with you all night, and I'll probably give you a call after the show to just uh, thank you again. I'm going to thank you now on the air uh, for all of our listeners out there. If you haven't enjoyed this hour, you don't love college football and what the passion is of a guy that played football at USC. Brandon Hancock, we thank you. Happy New Year to you, and I'll be talking to you very shortly, okay? You got it, Coach. Love you, man. Fight on. Love you too, buddy. That's Brandon Hancock. Again, uh, a five-bowl game participant at USC, an academic All-American, as we discussed during the show. Again, I want to thank you all in the Inland Empire for joining us on AM 1490 on your dial on USC Trojan Talk. 11 to 12 every Saturday morning, year-round. I want to thank all of you in Las Vegas, and especially Terrible Herbs and Cores Light, our sponsors for this show. I want to also pass on that uh, budget car and truck rental in Las Vegas. If you need a, to rent a car or truck, go to our local dealership here at Budget at 702-736-1212. And again, this segment has been brought to us by PT Express's Game Time Specials. All day Thursday through Sunday. Get in there and enjoy it. PT Express on uh, at Arizona Charlie's De- Decatur in Arizona. Arizona Charlie's Jones. So Justin in the studio, we thank you very much. Buckle up, everyone. I'm Harvey Hyde saying goodnight from Las Vegas.